So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey now, the Hey Now Howard podcast, the first and only fan podcast dedicated to king of all media, Howard Stern, and all things related to the Howard Stern Show. I'm Daniel Coyne. And my name is Tyler Quartet. Today we're going to be talking about Howard Stern's legacy. Thank you for that Beetlejuice song. Thanks to the Blues Travelers. Thank you, Beetle. <laughs> and uh, all hail Beetle, king of the whack pack. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about uh, Howard's legacy. But first I want to say, uh, on your mobile device, whatever you're listening on, hit five stars. Uh, leave a comment. If you don't like the show, uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, you're probably like an Opie and Anthony fan or something whack like that. But uh, now leave us uh, some thumbs up, some five stars, good comments. Tell your grandma to listen. Tell all your friends. Uh, sit your cat in front of your um, laptop and just let them listen to all the IT sex <laughs> we get credit for. And uh, that was my message. But what are we going to be talking about today, Tyler? I don't know. I forget. Now I have this image of a cat just listening to our podcast. I'll uh, take whatever listens we can get. Sure. Well, that'll make you, me, and the cat. Uh, <laughs> it's sad. This is a sad topic. Howard's going to retire soon. And, and soon as in we don't know if that's, you know, a year from now, whenever the contract's up, or a year and a half, whatever that may be, or five years up. But either way, the way he wrote this book and the way this press tour is going, it, it is leading up to he pretty much the, this book is what he wants to leave behind as his legacy now that's not to say that he's not going to do anything else with his career past this book but the the way this press tour is going it's giving you the feeling that this this is what he really wants to leave behind so it, it makes you start to feel that you know the bulk of howard's career which you know is obvious is is behind him and it starts to make you think when is he going to retire did this book you know, push him into uh, an earlier retirement than he maybe thought he would be, or maybe this book on the other end, maybe it it kind of propels him into a, a different stage of his career where he feels a little more motivated to to do better interviews and and things like that. So it could go either way. Either way, it's the career is coming to an end sooner than later. But uh, yeah, what do you think? Do you think the book um, 
is going to, you know, make him maybe stay a little bit longer at series? Yeah, that's a great question. I can kind of see his recent legacy influencing either way. I can see him being proud of putting this book out and wrapping things up. And but but he has also talked about well, we can talk later on in the show about how he's going to go about going out because he said that he doesn't want this drawn out thing. He's just going to end it, and in just one day, they're just not going to be. I don't think it's going to be that dramatic. Um, but I don't think that he wants this prolonged uh, best of and let's have all these guests on. But maybe he will. Maybe by the time he, he says all that, that point, but he's right. also the one that has these big giant birthday bashes and, and I mean not and to say that press he press tours, right? Press tours. Right. He, he's uh, that's kind of what I think too. Right. Um, it's it can't right. just be a you know. All right, thanks, Robin, and then that's the last time we hear right. of them, and that's it. There's no that way that's going to happen. Right. Just a Sopranos uh, ending to a yeah. Howard Stern show. Just leave it open for us. Um, I will say that I, I feel better about him signing maybe a, like a three-year extension or something at the oh, end of that this. that would make me so happy. More than I did when he signed this latest one. Because this latest one was really drawn out and he talked about it. And he's asking the staff, what the hell are you guys going to do? And, you know, it was a show topic for a year. Right. Um, and the callers are counting. Yeah, Marianne from Brooklyn's counting down the day. She had three heart attacks. <laughs> Four strokes. Actually. Four strokes, three heart attacks. Yeah, I mean. Her colon removed. Yeah, she actually died, <laughs> and we brought her back, and now uh, we're just happy to have her here. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I think he may, may clip on a little extension here. I think that he's got a little bit more energy, and I think maybe in an extension he even slims the amount of hours down a little bit more. Maybe they have a couple more weeks vacation, um, or maybe they slim out. I think when they're in the studio, it's fine. He'll do four hours. He's used to that. Right. But maybe he finds a way to come in studio a couple less weeks. I think that's obviously something that gets renegotiated each time because – even when they first got to Sirius, I want to say they were at least four days a week. Yeah, and they were coming um, in at six, not, and that was more recently. But they started coming in at right. seven a.m., not six a.m. And I know that had to be a big, mm-hmm. you know, change for them. Adjustment, right? And he said, like, maybe I'll do the show from Florida, but then that's not the show. I got to be in the room with anyone. So I think that's going to hold true. I don't but, get but ultimately. I mean, Howard. Well, you know those East Coasters. And, I know, but Florida. Yeah, Jewish guy from New York, so he <laughs> loves his Florida. Home. Um, but, but, but it also brings up the fact. I mean, Howard's got more money than God. So, at this point, how did he get to doing it at sixty-five? Yeah, maybe he goes to sixty-eight, which is even a weird number to even think about. Like, are, are they still going to be covering Fist Fest when he's seventy-nine? But. Right, you know what I mean. I started to make you think like they're still doing some Is raunchy shit on that, or maybe he just has like a Netflix. I'll ask you this: Do you ever see him on like Netflix or like uh, an interview? I think that he's tossed that around before, and he said ultimately he thought about it, but he walked away saying no. And I'm yeah. sure he's gotten offers for stuff like of that. Of course, yeah, I think he's gotten but crazy maybe like a offers. David Letterman style, where he just has super A list people sits down with him for an hour. Maybe um, as long as the format stayed in the sense of a, of a radio 
setting. I don't think that he's ever going to yeah, be that type of guy. A live audience. A live audience. Like how Dave just sat in a chair right. and talked. Right. He he wouldn't do that. I don't think he likes his physical appearance enough. And I, I know that's a lot of that shtick. But I really don't think he likes his physical appearance enough to actually yeah. take on that role. And maybe he doesn't want to interview people. Want Maybe he wants Robin and Fred. And I think he does. People are sending he, him notes. And, right. He really does love the interview portions of it, of the show now. And I think that's what it's evolved to. But. He's also still very opinionated, and he still has views on the world. And I yeah. feel like, and they talk about this a lot when it comes to he retirement. Says when he goes on break, that it eats him up. A thought comes in, right? He doesn't or, want to give yeah, that to he Twitter. Wants to do a bit, right? He wants to go on on the air and talk about it with Robin, or just talk about it, right? You know, and if he doesn't have that outlet, poor Beth. You know what I mean? Like, right. then she's gonna, you know, just have to deal with that. So. Mm-hmm. I think that more so than just the the appeal of the interviews. I, I think that well, they're probably both equal, but those two things are are what's going to keep him working uh, past what a normal person would probably work past their age. So, uh, I don't know. I, I I I agree with you though. I do think that the book, um, as much as this caused a lot more work for him, I think that this book will also propel him to uh, and motivate him to want to stay mm-hmm. uh, at Sirius a little bit longer and kind of and do this I think he's on to something I think that he knows that he's he's on to something I think the success of the book which had already has proved to be successful is going to motivate him yeah to want to do a little bit more because he wants to reach new audiences he wants to mm-hmm. and that's almost a point of the press tour he wants to go on shows and reach audiences that he wouldn't on The View or NPR right um, so in that sense, yeah, if you're thinking about it, if he wants to grow his legacy and grow his audience, then he's putting out a lot of effort for being going to retire in a year. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Like, yeah, to grow that audience and then just retire. And it's like, okay, great. Like, but how much of that audience is actually going to go back to your archive and look at all your stuff? Or don't you want that audience now to see, oh, it's like, cool, you got some new listeners. Now let them see what you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's going to motivate him a little bit. Yeah. And, and of course, it's like anybody, God willing, with health, because especially at his age, it's it's no gimme. And he talked about having a cancer scare in the book and during his press tour as well. So obviously it goes without saying this is if he's healthy and, and willing. But I go back to that fact that if he's healthy and willing – He's had so much money for a number of years, so it's not that. He doesn't need that. to work. Right, exactly. He could be doing whatever he wants. He could own an island if he wants. I think he's like a top ten overall celebrity um, like net worth. I think he's around like $100 million plus a year. Right. So, yeah, the guy could long ago retire, long ago do whatever he wants. But, again, he wants that outlet. Um and he's still sharp. He, he's he's on current events. He's and he's obviously the show keeps him in touch with current pop stars and comedians and actors. So I I think that he's probably feels younger than his age too, and maybe the show gives him that as well. Yeah. And ultimately, who doesn't want to be famous and be like he's ultimately gets a rush from that every time. Sure, the he ego still needs to be fed. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And he's not going to be the type that's going to sit there and. Oh, I'm going to do a, a thing on Hulu. I, I mean, I, I say Netflix or HBO maybe on like a 
I think if he did something, he'd want it to be very well done, very well produced, and he'd really take his time on it. But I think ultimately, you know, this shows his format because he's been getting those offers his whole career. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. I'm sure there's people that hey, let's do a documentary about you. Let's do your life story. Let's do another private part, whatever, another movie, cartoons, whatever. I'm sure he's had every offer under the sun. So ultimately, it's still that magic of Robin, Fred, Gary, all the guys put together that drives him. Right. Because he could be doing all this stuff already or he could be doing it for the past 30 years. Yeah. The show has always been... And I think uh, Terry Gross in his NPR interview talked about how, like, she appreciates how he stuck with radio as his main media because he could have easily just been, like, a late night or, like, done, like, a Comedy Central show or, you know, kept venturing off into... I mean, I know he had the E! show, but that was just basically a video recording of his show, so it wasn't that far different or but they could have branched off of that and they could have i mean he had other offers to do movies after private parts he really could have howard stern the high school years right yeah he had other things in development that he could have done but yeah he stuck with radio man the movie which is you know we're still hope yeah dan and i are working on that script right now (laughs) we're not giving up on fart man the movie that's right we do live in los angeles so we can yeah crazier things have happened punch it up with jackie (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah, man. Uh, I, I just wonder what you know when he actually does, in fact, retire. I hope that people <laughs> sound like a loser, but I, I hope that people recognize his career as a whole, though, and and realize what he did for media in general, and just you know, I mean, we t- we talked about this in other podcast, but just what he did for free speech mm-hmm. um, and uh, radio as a medium, sure, but uh, media in general, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Just everything that he's done for that. His, inf- his influence in comedy, um, which I think is the number one thing. I mean, I, I, I know people would stress other factors of where he influenced uh, media and people, but his influence on comedy, and whenever you hear other comedians come onto the show and they talk about it, Adam Kroll was just on a few weeks ago, or last week, and just talking about his influence on him and Jimmy Kimmel and uh, people that have been on Saturday Night Live and, and how his influence on them, like... Jonah Hill is a big one too. Like, I mean, I think Jonah Hill is a fantastic actor, and he's a great, you know, Howard Stern super fan. And he's the first one to say, like, you know, phony phone calls is how he got, you know, uh, he was friends with Dustin Hoffman's son, and Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman kind of like got the, you know, see how funny Jonah was from phony phone calls. But Jonah attributes all of that, um, you know, influence from Howard. You know what I mean? So there's just it's endless. You when you look at Howard's influence on comedians, and that's the one thing that. Uh, I think people I hope people realize yeah and even look at how boring radio was before he came along how boring now and I'm again Howard's never been shy about claiming that he's been the first of something but you really could look at his influence across a lot of things where ESPN CNN Fox News everything is opinion based everything everyone has such a and everyone wants to be like brash and have that opinion so they stick out of the crowd and howard almost like invented that or was the first person to really like 
actually speak out and say, oh, actually, I think that movie sucked or that actress, uh, you know, she was terrible. Right. When 99% of all media or any late night is, oh, my God, this new actress is the greatest thing ever. So, and now you kind of see that more and now people have... Oh, it's all you see now. Balls, it's, you right. know, even on ESPN, to you know, every everybody, it's it's all, all opinion based. Right, everybody's screaming. At, you know, it's all just about opinion. But you're right. Howard was the first face of that. He, I'm going to state my opinion and and fuck you. You know, right. that's it. Right. Which is what a lot of people fall, fell in love with, you know, including us. Right. And and also he did a great job of another influence. You see a lot of making the show and his relationship with the staff as much a part of the show as anything. And now you see that on like the Dan Patrick show or any kind of sports talk show or morning show you listen to. They're all talking about what they did over the weekend. And I'm sure there was a little bit of that, but he really oh, brought not, that to not really before you start. Yeah, yeah, there really wasn't. Yeah. And even private parts and all that digs into that on, the more real he became, the more famous he was because it was such a breath of fresh air into all of the media that, and again, there's like, you can't watch, like you're never going to watch even like um, Jimmy Fallon or something late night. He's never going to say some actress sucked on her latest movie because he's yeah, scared he because he that. wants to interview her. And, and again, Howard kind of became a little bit of that, but ultimately he he was really one of the first people that just kind of went against the grain and stuck out. And now right. that's kind of how you get famous. And now that's nothing. And people do that on YouTube and try to be famous or whatever. But it was kind of a breath of fresh air and he's still reinventing himself. And as well as he should, because you know, the, he, he was Twitter before Twitter. You know what exactly, I mean? Like right. he was like the, the and he talks about human that, form of being Twitter. Him off right. Cause he's like me and Robin used to sit there and tell people, right. Now everyone's got a microphone. Yeah. You know, everybody has on, a microphone. On Twitter has a point of view and you know, he, and even, yeah, my narcissist wants him to be, and this is him talking. I want everyone on my point of view. I don't give a shit about everyone tweeting out. And I don't want anyone paying attention to anyone else's point of view. Right. So it was also kind of that too, where they have the reaction to the next morning about the Grammys and clowning on the performances or someone fucked up the national anthem at the Super Bowl. So it's like kind of your place, like you said, it's kind of that water cooler talk right. place to go that everyone now has. Now we don't think twice about it, but he's been doing it since the eighties. Right. Do you think that's still a driving force for him to, because he talks about that a lot in the press tours that back in the 90s, he was in one out of every four cars in the Long Island Expressway. You know, that was a big point, of, uh, a talking point in all this, his press tour. Do you think that's still a motivating factor for him to, that, you know, I need to have that many people listening to me? Or do you think it's just getting shit off of his chest and, or having a good interview? And he's not so consumed with people listening to him as much as he used to. He can be a little more free of that. I, I, I'm not sure. I think, yeah, I'll tell you, I think his new book tour surprised me a little bit with that because when I first, when he first revealed, he's like, I have a big secret and there was a build up and then he said he was going to write the book. I thought that he was going to say like, but you know what? Like I'm putting out the book and like if my listeners want to get it, it's available. And if it, like I almost, but 
but then I also realize that Howard is a workaholic and he realized that if I'm going to put this much work into something, I want, I want to reach audiences that I want to go on NPR. I want to go on this. So I saw him step out. I saw him kind of stretch himself thinner than I thought I would like that. I thought he would when he first talked about doing the book tour. Right. At first he was even saying like, Oh, they sent me a list of 300 things. And then I had to slim it down. And I kind of thought he'd do like two or like three, <laughs> right. or maybe like yeah, exactly. a couple different. So we talk about Bruce Springsteen; and... he did three things or whatever it yeah, was, you know. Right. Um, so, and the reason I say that is because I think that he still cares about reaching new audiences. Yeah, I think, or else he would just say, "Hey, like I'm just going to tell my audience, and enough people listen, and I'll sell a few books, whatever." But I think that he still cares about numbers. He wants this to be a smash hit. You know, he wants to point to he's number one on Amazon or I'm sure he wants to sell more copies than his previous books or, you know, right. and when you're a super successful billionaire, but still waking up super early every morning and working every day at something that is that motivating force of. So, yeah, I think, I think, and I think there, that's why there was an effort to go on AGT and like, to you know he even talked about that my audience got younger i had little kids running into me in Times square saying that's the guy from agt when i used to be considered a monster um so so i think he does care and i think he does want to continue to grow his audience and i think he wants to have have people watch him on cbs morning news or something back oh yeah i used to listen to howard back in the 90s or i haven't heard his show for i forgot he was even on air still and like you know, and then all of a sudden they reconnect. So, so I think that is, I think if he's, cause he doesn't do a ton to promote his own show. You know, he says, if I got something to promote, I'll come on. Right. Which is kind of what he waited for. Sure. Um, I don't know. I was trying to think, what was he even like? What did he used to go on Jimmy? Like he's been on there. Like, I don't know. He used to, he did a couple of tours, maybe five years ago. Was that AGT promo? AGT promo. Uh, and then also if Jimmy Kimmel came to New York, he would just go on just to yeah. go on. I think he was on AGT at the same time though. So I think that kind of timed yeah. out well, but and then um, he did. Oh, I think he did Letterman cause it was Letterman's last show. Letterman's last show. So there would right. just be like special circumstances, but other than that, he wasn't going, week. right. He wasn't going on anything other than that. Um, but so I think yeah I think he wants to reach an audience and I think and I guess it goes full circle back to the topic of I'm hoping that this new energy and wanting to reach people and reach a younger audience NPR um, you know late night going on Conan's podcast and he was even the fact of podcasting you know, he, he fucking was, ripped yeah. on podcasts right. for so long, yeah. and then now. But he, here, I, I kind of get. I, I thought about this too because I was like, Man, he's going on a podcast. He fucking ripped podcasts to shit. But sorry, Tyler, I had a gold dust moment. There. I had a gold dust moment. Sorry for the uh, if you're listening on earphones. But I think his thing with podcasts was if you're going to just start doing a podcast and not be anybody and have like some sort of background in radio, kind of like and we are right you now are. and claim that like, Oh, I'm in broadcasting. That, Cause I'm in, yeah, that's the thing. I think that's what fucking drove him nuts. Like Dan and I wouldn't go out and be like, Oh yeah, we're, we're live on the we're air once a week. 
Right. No, we're idiots. We know that, and yeah. we're doing this on the basis that we're idiots. For we're sure. Trying to say that we're you know going live on the air, but uh, I think that was Howard's point about podcasting. Because even when people would say, "No, there's super popular ones," and they'd say, "Which ones?" and then they'd say, uh, uh, "Joe Rogan." Like, well, okay. Joe had an audience already. He's right. an actor. If you already had an audience, well, Adam Carolla. Oh, he's been a comedian for years. Right. So same thing with Conan. Same thing with. It's Terry the same. Gross. If you're if you don't have an audience, don't just start a podcast and think you're going to grow an audience. Right. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> well, we're tapping into a massive audience. Uh, yeah, right. This we should is, be super rich from this podcast. It's more for soon. us and like Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> but even though we said we don't like her, so she probably would hate this podcast. We don't want to get Marianne on our trail. I love Marianne. She'll bury us. I hate her. You hate her? Oh, she's the worst. What? She's the worst. You really do hate her? Oh. I didn't know you. Says Marianne, you're on the phone. Barrel roll out of my car. Well, her time. phone calls are terrible, but like no, I like person. I like Marianne. Like yeah, when she was on Fallon. Come on, how I could you never not, want to hear her voice? Again. Did not know warm your heart a little bit this year on uh, Fallon. That was nice. No, she's a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> she's fucking I nuts. I on Instagram but, and she may literally be a psychopath. She's gonna be like that. You watch that movie Selena, where like yeah, where assistant her kills, her. kills her. Yeah, like their number one fan. Well, I haven't seen the movie, but I know the story. Where yeah, basically, but, yeah, that's what the head of her fan club or something. So yeah, basically, yeah, murders her. What if the whack pack? What if man? What if that's how Howard? That's that's his legacy. What if that's how he does? Doing that since he showed up. To oh, hey now, Howard, and just stabs him right in the heart. Bubba's not so stupid. And then Eric's around the corner. He's like, oh, my God, no. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> oh, what a fucking way to go. But uh, hopefully that's <laughs> Howard's <laughs> legacy, and I hope that's not how it ends. Oh, yes. But uh, no, it's oh, podcasting. Yeah, and then, yeah. Oh, but yeah, he's – but the reason I brought that up is podcasting is a younger audience, and I know Howard being crazy about this. He's looking into these things. He's not going on these blindly. Sure. So he's looking to tap into younger audiences. Um, something I, I kind of floated out to you off air um, that I thought about is maybe that Joe Rogan was a comedian that he mentioned that he pissed off that accepted his apology but said I'd rather not be like accepted but didn't accept right, right. yeah it was like and I'm thinking maybe that was it because he probably has the biggest audience I mean he's got a bigger audience than. Howard show right now I would say I'm, yeah by far I would imagine well, he does Sirius doesn't release their things but um, yeah but his that, podcast that is measurable yeah because there used to be friends and he even used to say I used to have Joe on the show and they talked about it a little bit and Matt brought it up of I think you should go on Joe Rogan and um, so maybe maybe it was that so maybe yeah. there was a little bit of uh, like he didn't go on Adam Carolla's, he didn't go on Mark Marin. So I'm sure. But he then again, those are Conan, California so, ones, right? And Conan but came Conan's to him. Cal- oh, he did. Okay. Oh, yeah, he shot it in the studio. That's Conan right. came he to him. So right. Howard, I think Howard is very strategic in the way he does that. Like he knew that if he went to California, he would have had to open the door to so many other people. Yeah. So he's like, you know what? I'm staying here in New York. If anybody wants to come to me, I'll I'll do it. That's true. Um, that could have been I, his natural way of slimming down a lot of it. I think that's smart. I probably would have done the same thing if, For like, sure. in, instead of opening up all those doors. Um, to the Joe Rogan point, maybe you, th- you, yeah, you, you gave that to me, and I was like, yeah, that could be it. I, I, my first gut instinct was Will Ferrell, just because Will Ferrell was always mentioned that's in right. the. 
uh, conversations about Robin Williams, about interviews that he wished he could do over. Um, Robin Williams, Will Ferrell, and I think Eminem was one too, but I don't think he cares too much about Eminem as far as an interview. I do do remember hearing that Eminem one. Um, I don't remember the Eminem one, but... Eminem was going to say, yo, 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 what's up, dog? It was like when Eminem first, first came out. That's had to be terrible. I don't know. It was awful. This is like 90s Howard. This Uh, is like shit. I mean, shit, Eminem came out in like the late 90s. I'm sure, like... When he says that he cringes during some so interviews, this is like K Rock. Yeah, like, I'm sure that's bad. a cringeworthy one. But uh, but he did say that it was a comedian. So and Will Ferrell, I mean, could obviously obviously be classified as a comedian. He's a very like well known comedic actor. So I, I thought that maybe that was it because Will Ferrell was always mentioned in interviews that he wished he could do over. He didn't think that he did a good job, and he thought that he you know obviously what he did with Robin Williams is legendary. So I think he did the same thing. So I always thought it was Robin Williams that. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Will Ferrell that he wanted to do over, uh, and he regretted, and he reached out to to try to get to try to apologize, and Will Ferrell was just like, yeah, nah, I'm yeah. good, I don't need it. I mean, Will Ferrell's as a list as you're gonna get, so it's not like he needs to but, be back on the show. But Will Ferrell, like, but Will, here's why I think you might be uh, more correct than I am, because Will Ferrell doesn't have like necessarily an outlet. I mean, maybe he has a, I think he does have some sort of thing, but it's not necessarily as well known as Joe Rogan. Um, where I think whoever what was it? Like, did Howard say like that person said I don't need it or like I don't need well, your when? Yeah, I think he alluded it was something that, like that. I was like, I don't mention need it. that he. Well, Mamet brought up Joe Rogan. He said, well, first he said, Mamet said, yeah, the shows are like four hours, and Howard's like four hours. Jesus Christ, I don't want to do that. Um, obviously, like kidding, but. But then he, he mentioned, he's like, oh, I love Joe. He used to come on the show all the time back when he used to host Fear Factor and back in those days. And he said, uh, last time Joe was on, I said something towards the end of the interview. Or, or maybe it was even off air after the interview ended. And it just went off the wrong way. And he was like, and he doesn't think him and Joe have been on the same like friendship level ever since. Right. And being that he is like probably has the largest platform maybe of anybody out there right now sure because each show gets like 100 million plus you know across all different platforms so so that kind of makes me think but no uh, i think you're probably right because if it was well like you know i can't see him holding a grudge but joe rogan really doesn't need it he doesn't need howard you know to to really you know accept the apology and maybe go on the show and have like some sort of Joe Rogan does not need that publicity at all he's right perfectly fine so and I have heard that I'm a, I also listen to Joe Rogan's podcast a lot I'm a fan um, and I have heard that he's kind of that style of how he manages himself where he doesn't do a ton of extra stuff he just knows that he has his audience and he had, doesn't have to do a bunch of extra appearances right yeah I mean I, I think that would I don't know. I think this new Howard would be bothered by the fact that someone wouldn't respond to an apology. But maybe I'm just um, speculating. I, I think that, I don't know, maybe he's evolved enough to, to know that, like, you know what, I apologize. And I'm just going to move on. I'm not going to think about it anymore. But I think that might irk him a little bit. What do you think? If that, if Joe Rogan, yeah. let's just let's play, say that, they, right. that Joe Rogan is that person or, or if it's Will Ferrell. If that person didn't accept his apology... Think that bothers him at all, or think he just you know what? All right, fine, I'll move on from it, like he says he did. Um, I think it bothers him, but I also think he knows that. What are you gonna do? Right. I think he knows. 
he's obviously past the point of his career where he's picking major beefs with people. So exactly. Yeah, maybe if this was whatever in the '90s, then he goes on this. And Joe Rogan had another huge show with a huge audience. Then yeah, it probably would have been an all-out war. And um, I think this ties into you know how he's not going to be on the air for much longer. So why start a beef that he's not going to you know be able to you know really have an it might not have an end to so why why start one now you know yeah. he's, he's definitely like and i don't yeah. think he's interested in a genuine beef i think it was just kind of one of those maybe they had a okay conversation and then just kind of left it at that of like it's like you know what? accepted but let's just we're go good we don't need to yeah. be friends about it right but you know so we both agree that at least uh, this book is probably going to motivate him to want to do a few more years on Sirius and you know, collect that fan base that he's going to get from the book and and show that new fan base about what he can do with interviews and, and what his show has evolved into. But, uh, playing devil's advocate, what if this doesn't do that? And what if this book is, uh, for lack of a better term, a bookmark or a bookend on his career? And he's like, you know what? I've done everything that I wanted to do. And this book kind of proves that. I don't need to do anything else. I've interviewed everybody that I really want to interview. Yeah, maybe I can get one or two more. And maybe there's a couple other funny bits that I could do. And maybe there's going to be some news events that I could maybe, uh, you know, I'd want to tell my audience about. But enough's enough. You know, I'm going to be whatever. At the at the time, it's going to be, he's going to be 66, 67. And, and he retires. Uh, shit. <laughs> that could happen. It's going to be a tragic day, my friends. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that rely on this show, and I know we do. And, uh, yeah, there's certain times that, like, even if you're going through something in your personal life or something, you can just kind of throw the show on and get lost in it for a while. So, yeah, yeah I know people have called in that have been in dire situations or sick or whatever, and the show's kind of pulled them out of that and yeah. did an outlet for them. I know it's such a cliche and a corny thing to talk about, but it's so true, man. That's yeah, happened. It's to, that's happened to all of us. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, like, it makes your work day go quicker. Makes your commute go well, dude, better. Dude, Dan and I live in Los Angeles, and driving here might be hell on earth. It's the fucking worst thing in the entire world. And I swear, I've I've only lived here for seven years, but if it wasn't for Howard and and having him to listen to whenever I'm driving around and sitting in traffic, I'd fucking jump out of my car window out of a fucking <laughs> under, you know oncoming traffic i lose my mind so yeah and he's talked about how that's kind of the design of the show someone driving in a car being able to laugh at not worrying about others judging at what they're laughing at just kind of that raw comedy um so there's definitely going to be that element and now we have podcasting and we have very good podcasts but nothing has really quite captured that magic of Robin, Fred, um, obviously Howard, right. and, and the Gary, whole, everyone they bring. It, to the it's thing. like your favorite show, you know. Like, I mean, you're if you have a show list, like compared to Game of Thrones, I guess. Um, you know, you have your cast of characters that you know and love. Ah, bad Except example. This is a forty-year yeah. version, right? It's a forty-year version of <laughs> so that. There's it's, been people that have legit been listening for forty years that have been made. You can the almost show you part can, of their the only every day. The only comparison you can really make it to is The Simpsons, just because of how the longevity. But, but even that is not a. It's, it's not, not that people have their daily schedule around The Simpsons. Exactly, you know, they don't have it on during work or driving to work. Right, and even Sternthology kind of gets you through the. 
Sure. And, and, and there's probably, you know, Sirius is probably, I'm sure he already has something worked out where there's probably going to be some channel that just loops his stuff 24 7 forever. him and conan talked about that as just well as like owning your own stuff and yeah, being able to play right, that right exactly um but you know it's not the same obviously like knowing that oh there's a new stern show after the grammys or yeah clowning on whatever i couldn't wait until his show after the game of thrones finale exactly i couldn't yeah. wait to hear it even though i didn't agree with him whatsoever right I uh, I couldn't wait to hear about it because I just you know any big event that it's in pop culture uh, or any thing in the news I, I'm excited to hear about it on the show. And ultimately, um, it's like you listen to the show and you never quite know what exactly. Maybe it's a Fred drop. I was talking to Tyler and like I noticed myself laughing multiple times in the first five minutes of the intro of the show just on Fred drops alone. <laughs> before, yeah, before Rob Zombie <laughs> even stops singing, you're yeah. already laughing. And, it's just the whole chemistry and yeah, it's Fred and the sound effects and the way everything just kind of comes together and they're, they're really good satire on things. I mean, we're going to have another political election coming up. Right. So, you know, he's going to be on fire about that. He's going to want to talk about the candidates. I honestly hope he gets a little more politically involved. Not because, you know, I, I think it's his duty or anything like that. I know some celebrities like Sarah Silverman come on and they say, well, you, know, you should because you have such a strong voice and people listen to you and people follow you. I, I don't. I just Howard's very. Uh, as far when it comes to politics, he's just very level-headed and common sense based. And I think a lot of people that uh, are party affiliated we could lose use those voices. What's that? We could use those voices we right could now. Use some, yeah, just a common balanced. sense. Yeah, just a balanced way of looking at things. Like, look, if or even yeah. having two. I mean, he could even set his show up and have two major candidates. I mean, not like a debate, but he could even have two on at different times or at the same time. I mean, it's, he could really bring it out, and, and, and he wouldn't bring the dick jokes or whatever. He would take it very serious. Um, I think he... You know, if he had two major candidates on. Right. Maybe not Trump, but maybe, let's say, two major Democrats sure. running um, that want to kind of, re again, reach an audience. Um and really differentiate themselves, much like he talked about how he wish Hillary would have come on. So I say that because this is going to come up around the time of his retirement, resigning, yeah. right, or resigning, uh, um, or contract being up. So maybe that goes back to the new energy in the show of there's going to be a lot to talk about, right? Um, I wonder if he feels a, an obligation to stay on. Uh, to his fans, number one, but but for something like we just said, I, I don't think that he consciously views himself as something that. Do you think he cares about the fans that much? Uh, I I think there's a part of his ego that that wants to that, that wants to feed that a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't think well, that do it's like a self. He wants like, to be famous. I think it's think a that he cares about the con. Like well, he obviously cares about the content. He cares about but the do content. You think he cares. Well, I shouldn't say obviously he cares about the fans. He take calls and he's right. Like, I do, right. I do a little bit, but I know what you're, I do know what you're saying, and, and I don't think that like he's, you know, I like don't think he's going to solely stay like, on he, the. He's going to be like enough already, right? He's not going to stay in the air just because he's like, well, they want me to stay, so I'm going to stay. Right. Like, I don't that's, think that's it's anything. What I mean. Yeah, I don't think it's anything like that. I, I do think that there is, I think there, that he's going to feel, uh, among other things, but I think there's going to be a little bit of an obligation because. I don't know. I, I maybe maybe I'm thinking too much into this, but I, I do think. Well, clearly we're doing a podcast about the fucking guy. Uh, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I, 
I do think there might be a little bit of an obligation because I, I think that he realized, even just through the book, that he has a more of a voice as far as politics go. Um, just in the sense of the Hillary interview that he had in his book and obviously the multiple Trump interviews, I, I think that he, he might feel that he could have uh, an impact. He wants to stay relevant. And that's what I think, too. Yeah. Is that... He's still like, so we're both in our early 30s. So we, I guess through the e-show to our generation, kind of, the reason I say that is because I don't think, I don't think kids in their young 20s or younger really even know Howard Stern or, I mean, they may know his name No, they don't. I mean, you hear him. His average. Yeah, the guy with the hair that had a radio show. Sure. His average listener is 37. Right. And it was thirty-seven in the nineties. There right. is some. I think there. He he take that's a a badge of honor for him. I think that he right. he says that with pride, in the sense that he has stayed Stays relevant. relevant. Right. Exactly. And I think that's another reason that I'm hoping. I'm thinking a three-year extension. That's what I'm thinking. That'll be just right. But I also was kind of since the last renegotiations went until the last hour. I was kind of expecting this time to be like not even talked about, but he's already kind of talking about. I don't know, Robin. What do you think? What are we gonna right. do here? So, fingers crossed. Sure. Um, yeah, we're hoping for the best, but I mean, obviously, we got to prepare like that. He what might... do you think's gonna happen with like staff members? Holy after? shit! Do you have any? Somewhere, Sal just jumped off the Long Island Bridge. Just the Long Island Express. That's why. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know, man. There's no, some of the talented, super talented. I think some of the younger staff will be okay. I, I know he jokes on JD a lot, but JD has become such a figure in the show that um, people know him. I, people in Hollywood know him. I think that I could see him moving out to uh, Los Angeles. I could, I could see him having some sort of career. Um, I don't know if he's gonna be a director. I, I do. You know what's funny? I fucking I've never felt like more in, in touch with JD. Whenever like he's like. JD said he wants to be a director and then just started like what did you direct what have you directed like why don't you go direct something go on the weekends right. you don't work on the week you gotta go do that and like I and then but they also talk about how hard JD works for the show like he's right. completely working for the show but I, I don't know I just I felt that somehow like I, I just like the fact that like JD wants like he knows he can do right. something wants to do something hasn't oh, done much bad. to do to do it yet right but and then just getting shit on, so he just like you know fuck this, fuck this. Like I don't want to say anything anymore. Like I don't want to do it. But the truth is, I mean, the dude directed. I mean, he helped direct an episode of Always Sunny. Uh, he did like you know a little Ronnie documentary, or whatever. But dude, I know fucking half the people in Hollywood that have you know directed less than that and are still getting more opportunities. So that's not to say that I don't think JD could be okay. Uh, that's him. Uh, and I, I, I obviously he's a really good worker, and I, I think that most people on the staff will get a very good recommendation from Howard if he does retire. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because um, but um, I mean they could always jump. But then again, it's kind of a dying media too. It's not like you can just jump on another monster radio show. So how can you go? How do you go to a different cuts. radio show after <laughs> right. Howard Stern show? You know, I mean yeah, you got to go somewhere else. You got to go to a different medium. I feel like. And with the app, I feel like when the whenever Howard actually retires and the app is kind of in its full force, um, a lot of these players, you know, like Sal, Richard, uh, Mehmet, Steve Nowicki, 
uh, Chris Wilding, um, a lot of these guys will have enough FaceTime and enough of a you know a, a resume. resume, yeah, right. a resume, a video resume yeah. that you can put together. I mean, they can they can be okay. For sure, they're working for the biggest radio show of all time. I think they'll be so okay. That's not a bad resume, boy. but then you think of, then there's the but then know. there's what's the step down too? It's like they're yeah. gonna find a job, sure, but. I guess, but I mean, I guess you don't you want have to be, to be fucking, at peace with You that. don't want to be stuttering John doing a for, fucking podcast, you know, exactly. like, you know what I mean? But what are you going to do? I guess you got to appreciate what you had and it's better than not being a part of it in the first place. Like I would, it would break my heart to like fucking see, it's the Richard and Sal podcast and that's all they're doing. Well, There's, Sal has like a whole, uh, like cooking channel on YouTube. Oh my God. <laughs> Sal the Turtle, the racehorse, is going to make him a lot of money, too. I've heard it mentioned by, like, and I I think it's a conscious effort that Howard is not, himself, he's not mentioning it. But I think I've heard other staffers mention it when they have, like, a roundtable. But, you know, Sal having a YouTube channel or, but it's it's almost like when you watch the Whack Pack, if you follow them on Instagram or something, and you watch them, and it's really true what they say about, like, like, the, the clips that they play on the show, that's like them combing for gold already. That's yeah. them going through the Some of it's you really You don't want to sit there bad. and watch. No, you do not want to sit really there and bad. watch right. the live feed of Jeff the Drunk's trailer. You ever watch Benji shit? It's bad. Like it's, you will kill yourself within the first 15 minutes. Here's what I don't get to. Like, how could it all be that bad? They all work for the number one show. They know what it takes to like to be a success. and like. Well, there's a difference. They, they, a professional a environment. I think Benji's a good writer, but is he a, a front and center showman? You know, is he like good enough to just record himself and be funny? Right. So that's what I think happens. Like you'll see, you know, like I'll listen to Bobo on the phone for 45 minutes and with Fred, Robin and Howard, I'm dying laughing, but I'll watch him for two minutes on Instagram and I want to die. <laughs> right. Yeah. Same with Jeff the drunk. You want to fucking exactly. kill yourself. Right. So it really... So there's a lot of these characters, and I think the staff—they're going to find jobs. They're going to be okay. They need to make a paycheck. Gary may reach. I think Gary, um, Robin, and Fred may just retire with them. I don't see Gary retiring. Probably not Gary, um, but I could definitely see Fred and Robin. I don't know. Maybe I, Robin doing like maybe like guest appearances on like the View. I could see that, like but that. I could see Robin retiring. I can't see Fred retiring. I feel like Fred's one of those guys that just—it's going to want to work. Pretty good money. I know. I'm not saying like like not saying like he needs to they're work. Both, they're all multimillionaires. I not really, that they need to work. I want to do a whole podcast on Fred. I fucking love Fred so much. We will. I love Fred, but I I uh, I'm a Fred. I'm a Fred. I <laughs> I think that Fred, Fred will continue to work. He'll continue to work in some capacity. I mean, he. I don't know. He's he, he's a weirdo well, he's a man. Musician. Like he'll, he's a musician. He's a musician. He used to, they he's, used to play um, ads like at the end. They'd be like. Yeah, it's Fred Norris and blah blah blah. The New York. It wasn't anything big. It would just be some New York club, but just for the love of it. And, you know, he's not out to make. Obviously, right. well, again, he's. I wonder. So I'm pretty I wonder sure Richard... all those guys. It's, it's Howard makes a ridiculous amount, and then Robin makes. I, I again, all these celebrity things are like you never know what they believe about inflated salaries. Well, talking about salaries, like uh, I hate to fucking bring this guy up again, but Stuttering John has this fucking podcast, and he talks about how <laughs> I don't listen to it. <laughs> all right, don't 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 quote me on this. We, I honestly, you can attest to this. We found out about it to, today, 
and then listened to it for about 10 minutes. But in that 10 minutes, I actually read something too because you wrote a book but about how little the staff is paid on the Howard Stern show and how Howard makes this crazy amount of money and he doesn't pay this and you know, the rest of the staff makes nothing. And then he actually, he kind of like shun, uh, shuns the staff for going on trying to make their own money by doing other things because they slap, you know, the Howard Stern show name on it. And so he right. doesn't want that associated with it. So that's like the, that's the, the negative rap on it. But I mean, I can see that. I could see that. Ha- that I mean, not everyone case. can make a ton of money. Right. How many people? But I mean, okay. Pay? But if you're Richard Christie and you're making, let's say a hundred grand a year. Okay. Um, is that fair? I'd say, yeah, in New York City. New York City, that's like 60 anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's... Right. But that's... Yeah, exactly. So, I that's mean, like... A... But you're on the number one show and have right. millions of subscribers and you're like one of the top people in it. And uh, did, do you make more? But I mean, is there more money to really go around? <laughs> that's the thing. Is like, Howard's making 100 right. mil plus. Robin, I think, is making 10. And I heard Gary and Gary's like Gary five or and six. Fred are in both, yeah. Like the, I think I want to say Fred's maybe seven, and Gary's like five. And then, but it's like anything. It's like you look at an NFL team. The quarterback's going to be making thirty million a year, right? But well, the, the backup, even a, the backup guard is going to be making five hundred k. Even more of, a, of an equal comparison is just how we talked about in the last podcast, late night, uh, late night talk show hosts. Right. Yeah. You know, you, you look exactly. You look at Stephen Colbert or Jimmy Fallon. Make. They're the face they're of everything. Entry level college kids. I'm not to say that they don't work hard. They work their asses off too. Oh, but yeah, they, they have writers hard. and interns and, and and production people that are working their fucking ass off, and they're probably making, you know, of course, a fraction. So. I guess it's unfair to analyze their whole pay scale whenever you look at the grand scheme of entertainment business. Well, that's what I was going to say. This is a little bit different because it is the Howard Stern show. So he's going to make, and plus he has, I'm sure he has top agency, like uh, Don, um, Don Buckwald. Yeah, I was going to say Don Buckwald and all those guys. Like, Shout so, out to Don Buckwald if you're yeah, listening and I'm available. That's right. Tyler's available. So Tyler's an actor, by the way, so he's got the ins and outs of this town all figured out. Yeah, so I got it all why, figured why out. We talk about these things. That's we why we know something here. <laughs> um, but, but Howard's got the best agent. He's got the best lawyers negotiating for him. He's going to get the absolute maximum. He's probably, I mean, Sirius is probably like, damn, are we really making as much money as we're paying him for? But right. But you and I wouldn't have serious subscriptions without them, or at least Fuck I, no. You know, so I bear. Yeah. I almost didn't read. Like, whenever, not to talk shit on serious here, but I get this call like once every six months where it's like, "Hey, you're you know you're well." I, I look at my credit card bill and it you know all of a sudden I get charged a hundred dollars for my serious subscription where before I was getting charged five dollars a month. I'm like, what is this? So I call them. They're like, "Oh yeah, uh, this is your actual normal thing." call him and uh i talked to him for maybe 10 seconds i was like okay well i'm gonna cancel I was like okay well how about we just do uh 6.99 a month i'm like okay well, you went from 100 or whatever like whatever the numbers are but it's so inflated it's ridiculous right. where it's like they like want to charge me x amount of dollars you know more and all you do is talk to them but i always that the reason i i bring that up is just because i'm i'm very I don't know how the pay scale works as far as Sirius is concerned and how that reflects. Well, Sirius is you know, like no money. Right. Like 
start. I'm have to look at their stock right now. So how do they afford to pay everybody? Because they have a lot of talent out there. A lot of stock out. So it's worth five five dollars thirty seven cents, which is actually I, I want to say it used to be less than a dollar. I don't know. I don't know, but it got as low as yeah. It got in 2010. It was worth forty one thirty four cents a share, and now it's worth five thirty seven. So, I mean, they're increasing their revenue. They're, I know that a big thing for them is getting into more cars, so they'll sign big deals with major automobile manufacturers to. That's how I got hooked. In. To be honest with you, right. I wouldn't have listened right. to Howard with it wasn't. I bought a new car, and that was in there, and that's. I actually was moving out to California. I, drove, I bought a car in Pittsburgh. Moved out to California a month later. In that four-day trip, I, was, I I found Howard. I found God. I found my Jesus. <laughs> I, found, I found Jesus. Drove into the light. Drove right, right into, into the, the light. Coast. Honestly, the, that was, well, the reason we're talking about this is because Howard makes so much money that we're trying to figure out, is it worth you know, what they're paying them. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out where the rest of the money goes because if he's making all that money, like, and they do have other, well, like, a, I think that's where all the money goes. And there's a Howard lot of other talent at Sirius. Think about it. Like there's, no, I mean, I'm talking about just on Howard's show. Oh, I'm talking Cause about, you figure even think about all the serious just think about his show. Cause then you staff, now they have video. So right. I think they said they are around like almost like 80 employees or something like that. Just on his show alone. Now that they have video and all that. So well, it's like Howard and then the rest of the channels, figure, right? Probably Richard Sal. But then again, they also work like three days a week for like the, all those vacation, all those like other guys. All those other guys work five. That's true. Like JD's That's working true. five. Uh, they do the wrap up show every day. Gary even works five. Like yeah. he's John I'm Hines working five. That, yeah. So these guys, I don't know what these guys are making, but well, they're it's not air. a lot. Well, John, I don't know. John Hines maybe making a quarter of a million. I guess guys that are on air more make more. But I don't know who uh Howard seems to like always like whenever these things come up um on air, he seems to like be like, Well, that's that's not mine. That's Jim Meyer, that's you know, whoever he, he hands that off. Like that's not my well, that's my jurisdiction. God like, dude, Howard has a fucking say in that. I mean, I'm sure he'd give like promotions, but I don't think he's sitting there saying like writing out like people's salaries. No, I, I think yeah, you're right. If someone came to him, hey, I'm really But if like okay, let's say um let's say you find out that, you know uh, I don't know, Steve Newicki's making more than Richard, I feel like Howard would be like, Well, that's not right or like or, you know what I mean, or advice I'm not like I'm just like, using that as an example, but I think Howard, he doesn't have maybe a say in the amount, but maybe, you know, who gets graded. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, who gets that's paid. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If someone okay. came to him and said, I think I earned a promotion, he obviously has, like, power in saying, but I don't think he's sitting there with, like, an Excel sheet and being like, I think that they make 125 and they make right. 115. That's got to be rough, though, man. Like, Because they, they do. They're serious employees. I, I would love and, to know that. It does create... You're Dude. right, though. It, it it almost does create that double-edged sword because they did have the Ronnie Block party, and like those guys would go on the road and they would talk about that. They're like, we we make way, and Artie would talk about that. I make a million dollars doing stand up a year. Right. Artie was making good money because again he was an on-air personality, so he used to say he was making like a million 
philosophy here, but that was now we all know ago. what these like net worth, celebrity net worth things they they're terrible. I don't know how I got off on this tangent. <laughs> I know, but now well, I now you got me what's looking. Howard making? Well, okay. no, I didn't look at Howard. I, I look. For, I just looked up Chris Wildling just for like the sake of looking up a staffer. Uh, first of all, not easy to find. Um, <laughs> and I wish I didn't bring it up because now I've clicked on the link and it's actually not there. Fascinating podcast. Fascinating <laughs> information coming out of Tyler Cortez. But um, ah, fuck it. Who well, so we're talking about these staffers. If he doesn't, so if he if he does retire, also. What do we think we want to see out of the show? I'm interested to see if he does something of bringing on people. Like he's already—I don't think he's going to bring on Artie. Just of a mental, I don't think he wants to go there. He doesn't yeah. want to have Artie. He doesn't want to be responsible for any any negative things that would result of that. Um, and I think that he genuinely just wants the best for Artie. Um, but like, do you think not, if why not have? Um, why not have Jackie on and just bullshit about the past and be like, you know what, we had some crazy times. You know, like, if he wants to talk about a great interview, I think that'd be a great interview. I think it'd be a great interview, too, and I think it would show, I mean, Howard talks a lot about how he's evolved um, in psychotherapy and just being a more, you know, human being almost. And, and if he's that grounded and if he's that centered in as far as in confident in himself, why would that be an issue? Right. You know what I mean? Like, if, if, do you understand what I mean? Like, if, yeah. If, if, if and not just sit there and clown on them. Hey, aren't you? Aren't you? Because for a while that was a big topic, and they would just clown on Jackie. Hey, can you believe that he thing, left? And Jackie, he's an idiot. Jackie and Artie aren't relevant. I mean, Artie is no, not at all. Jackie, Jackie's not. I don't. I haven't heard no, Jackie's name. I'm not name. talking as far as a relevancy. I'm talking as far as like. As like a I wrap up, he, if he's going to retire, and it's like let's just yeah. have somebody in, yeah. Or I just agree. like hey, yeah. let's talk about the old days. Like let's talk, like you know, blah, let's, whatever. You know, they can riff about whatever when they first started about, um, you know, funny stories, favorite interviews that they did, right? Yeah, I mean they they would blow through an hour in no time, and it wouldn't again. I, and he's he, I do remember he did have Jackie on the show. At least once, maybe multiple times since he left, and it, I yes. do remember him walking away saying like that was kind of weird, and it was mostly kind of like, almost like a joke of like, oh Jackie, like what are you really up to? Your wife is like, has like a one eight hundred number booking your gigs. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like a sideshow, but I think again with like Howard saying how evolved he is, in which he has been, and his interviews becoming better, I think that'd be really cool to just sit down and just like talk about. Um, and maybe even talk about leaving the show, but make it more of like a personal thing or like talk about the actual real experience instead sure. of making a joke about it. I think Howard might be a little scared of what he might hear from those guys, though. Do yeah. you think that might I mean, be true? I, think, I also think when you're... If he wants to open up to honesty and right. he has Artie or, and or Jackie in there, do you, do you think that he doesn't want to have them in because, well, maybe their honesty might might paint Howard in a light that he doesn't want to be seen on the air. And I'm playing, and I'm yeah. not saying that, like, no, that could, point. you know what I mean? Cause there's, there's, I'm, there might be a little bit of bad blood and they might say like, everything's cool and all, but if Howard starts to go dig deeper into their psyche, into like what they were thinking, and they might push back a little bit. They're like, well, Howard, you did this and this is, and, it, and maybe Howard doesn't want that. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Ultimately he wants to 
put himself in the best light and yeah I'm sure those guys have a story to tell I'm sure there's behind the scenes stuff that we don't know about or sure and I, I know already talked about him um, putting out books and his publicist begging him to just call Howard and ask and he was too ashamed to and then finally he did and then Gary basically said yeah I don't think it's gonna happen and kind of had like a smug reaction and that like kind of really that pissed, pissed him off yeah um so there there is like an element to Howard that and, and I think too he has so many people pulling at him that I think once he gets people disconnected like a stuttering John a Jackie and Artie that he says you know what they decided to go on yeah starting John decided to go to Leno Jackie decided not to re, or like was a pain in the ass or in renegotiations or whatever already went through all his struggles so I think also Howard has a has an angle of like like I don't need a fuck them like they're already Howard's gone. a super loyal guy and if you're not if you if you kind of show that you might not be as loyal as Howard he kind of writes you off is that would that right. be fair you think yeah yeah and, and I guess I guess maybe to, for him he'd say there could be more negative consequences than the good of it. But being huge fans of the show, I think that that would be a cool thing. Or maybe even if he doesn't want to do those two, maybe just even doing other, um, bringing like kind of blast from the past or whatever. Yeah, I I or would love it. I Lisa G or like I personally would love it. I think that would be great. I just don't know how how much Howard is uh, a sucker for nostalgia and things like that. You know, like yeah. I don't know if that's uh, that's. Well, I mean, in his... they put together those shows all the time, though. And again, you brought up a point earlier. I think was good as today. I don't think he's going to be like like he said. We're just going to end it one day, and Rob and I are just going to sign off. You'll never hear from us again. But I think when it comes down to it, sure. again, that you guys are going to pick up of. All right, I need to let people know that this is like my final. Right, whatever. Last three months, Can't and ease. then I think he's going to do similar to like Letterman of let me get. Yeah, let me get Billy Idol back or um, Billy Joel back in here. Right. Yeah, let me get whatever Paul McCartney or whatever interview that he's been chasing. That I think it's going to take a lot about. of right. I think it's going to take a lot of people around him saying like, "Look, this is what we need to do. You want to leave? Fine, but uh, let's let us get together a lot of people for for you to let." Because you, you've, you know, in your last, you know, I'm sure in his last few years, he's going he's gonna to let a lot of people know what they meant to him, you know, as far as his interviews and things right. like that. Let us reverse that. Let us get some people in here like Paul McCoy and, and let them share what they, what you mean to them. Right. I, I, I hope he, let, and he's weird like that, like Letterman is, but I hope he lets that happen because I think that would be very interesting and fascinating to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of celebrities like talk about how, you know what what he means to them and how he influenced them and things like that. So yeah, I hope I and hope. I guess that my happens. point too is to be oh. more reflective on the show. Too. Oh, oh, I don't want it to happen yet. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for him to leave. I'm not <laughs> ready for him to retire. Oh, yeah. Uh. I think he's again. I think he's being reflective on things like his favorite interviews. But I'd like him as we wind things down to really talk about like the origins of the show and them coming all together and like and I'm sure they'll talk about that but maybe just kind of have a little bit of that nostalgia even though it's going to suck it's going to be sad it'd be kind of cool and again I kind of 
our background, maybe having a Jackie or even just different people throughout the, maybe even people that you're still in good touch with, but right. just kind of somebody like Jimmy Kimmel or like, I mean, he's yeah. been on a bunch of times, like but just Lisa people that, G, like even like, even the old staff, yeah, Lieberman, um, Lieberman, those guys. Right. Um, oh, who was the one sour shoes tortured? Um, Lieberman. No. Sour. Yeah, sour. Was that was, oh, not that was um, sour. I, you're gonna go to jail for this. Steve Langford. Steve Langford. <laughs> Steve yeah. Langford has a huge penis. <laughs> <laughs> sour. Sour. Penis. You're gonna penis. go to jail for this. I want you to go to jail. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, fuck. Howard's legacy. Howard's legacy, um, man. But yeah, I'd like to see. I mean, maybe not. Maybe like not. That may not be the best interview with like. Or maybe just even have a couple of them in and just be like, hey, we had some good times and remember that Bigfoot interview and just kind of, I guess, wind things down and be reflective on his legacy. Sure. And, and I think he will. When the time comes to it. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be like a big down to it. a big send-off. You know, there's got to be. I can't imagine the Sopranos ending to this thing. There's going to be a send-off. There's going to be a big backpack you know, thing. Uh, What's the backpack going to do? Oh my god, no! <laughs> We're trapped like wats in here. Oh god. Who knows? We'll That's do a whole gonna, new. You want to talk about sad. Oh, the sad life of the whack pack. Without... We'll probably be fucking have a podcast with them. What are you talking about? We're going to be right with them. <laughs> talking about sad life. We're right there. <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, we'll wrap up this podcast on Howard's legacy. With a very depressing ending because we just realized what our lives are. Um, <laughs> Click but, five stars, hit thumbs up, comment, you. say you loved it. Yeah. Say Tell you your it. cat. <laughs> Put your <laughs> turtle in front cat. of the radio. Thanks, Daniel Coyne, for all the, the uh, love our podcast, the promos, dance good at that stuff. Uh, again, this is the Hey Now Howard podcast. My name is Tyler Quartet. I'm Daniel Coyne. Bye for now. also you <laughs> the pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film powder donut <clears throat> okay what's my line uh the only line i see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from progressive oh man that's a tongue twister huh i'm sorry i'm gonna need a few more minutes <clears throat> bulbous walrus the bulbous walrus the name your price tool only from progressive the owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.